0: Locked on Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on.
1: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. On
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's another crossover edition of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Washington football team. Uh, We've got a great, great show lined up for you today as the Cowboys and Washington football team will meet on Sunday Night Football here in Week 16. Joining me today is the amazing Chris Russell. Uh, You can follow him
1: on Twitter at russellmania 621 Chris, how are you doing today, sir? Marcus, thank you so much for the kind words. Appreciate you. Always great to be with you, and uh, and and always good to uh, talk. We didn't get the, a chance to catch up uh, two weeks ago, and it feels so weird, right? To say, well, yep. th- the the two teams just played, and of course, Washington coming off the Tuesday night game, my head is spinning, baby. I mean, it feels like all of this is just lumped into, well, uh, maybe a stocking, and and for the Washington football team, it's probably coming up as coal. So we're going to talk about each of these teams. We're going to look at the Cowboys
0: and look at Washington, how the season's going and what we expect from this matchup. But Chris, just what's the state of Washington football right now? I know they're six and eight coming off a a tough Mm -hmm. loss. I don't know. I mean, you tell me, but I don't know if you can be too discouraged based on what you saw on Tuesday, because it was really like a B team out there, but just overall after 14 games, how do you feel about the season so far?
1: Well the the first half could not have been more disappointing Marcus I mean you know this you you know the league uh you know you're 2 and 6 no matter what the reasons are and listen they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. in quarter number 2 of the season opener and early in quarter number 2 obviously you never plan for that uh they lost Curtis Samuel Uh, who they didn't have all throughout the preseason and offseason program. They lost him two days before the season opener. So your two biggest free agent acquisitions on offense, gone, poof. And, you know, really, I mean, Samuel's come back, but he's been a complete non-factor except for – three catches in one game, right? It's been a complete non-factor and Fitzpatrick has never come back and obviously has done uh, for the year. So, so let's start with that, right? But two and six is two and six. You never expect this defense, which was heralded as, you know, the 85 bears defense and the, you know, uh, uh, the, the 2000 Ravens, please stop. And nonsense. I mean, you know, Uh, we talked last year they were beating up on Ben DiNucci for crying out loud you know they were beating up on you know bless his heart Andy Dalton like like let's let's slow down right I never thought this was a dominant defense did I think it was a good defense sure absolutely so to be two and six to be getting lit up like a Christmas tree in the first six seven games of the year on that side of the ball was bitterly bitterly disappointing and then what happens is You go on this four-game winning streak, right? You beat Brady and the Bucks and Cam and Carolina and his return and Monday night football and this, that. And then all of a sudden, false hopes are raised. And now I think they're settling back to reality. The Cowboys obviously smacked them in the face last Sunday. And I don't want to say they've never recovered from that, but, I mean, they kind of haven't. Between that, the Cowboys and COVID probably – turned out the lights, the party's over on the Washington season.
0: Yeah. In this Washington season, it was always, I don't know. It it felt like it was a little flimsy depending on what they got from the quarterbacks, right? Like if they got a good game from Taylor Heineke, they would have a chance to compete with anybody like we saw against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. Um, But when you're, when you're down to Garrett Gilbert, who Cowboy fans know well, because we had to start him last year against Pittsburgh. It's just tough to win games that way. Right.
1: Yeah, and, and listen, I, I don't know how you walked away from Tuesday night's game. I, I don't blame that one on Garrett Gilbert. I mean, could no, he no. I actually thought another... he played
0: pretty well, all things considered, right?
1: right? Well, could he have made another play or two? Sure. Absolutely. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a couple of spots, you know, holding on to the ball too long near the end of the first half. Uh, maybe on that final fourth down play, you know, uh the third down play right sure. before that, he's chased under pressure, so on and so forth. I don't want to go too crazy into the woods here, but Uh, There were some things maybe he could have done better that maybe if he wasn't Garrett Gilbert, maybe he would have done better. Right. If he was Aaron Rodgers or if he was, you know, whoever. Um, That being said, I mean, you know, once again around here, I, I mean, I guess you start with that quarterback instability in general. Right. Since 2018, when they. Uh, Their first year without Kirk Cousins. So, again, they played the franchise, double tango, whatever. You know he goes to Minnesota. So, 2018, four different starting quarterbacks. 2019, three different starting quarterbacks. 2020, Marcus, four different starting quarterbacks. 2021, they're already at one, two, three three different starting quarterbacks. And the possibility exists, the possibility exists that if Kyle Allen starts one of these games, and maybe even possibly this Sunday night in Dallas, that will be back at four different starting quarterbacks. So that would make three out of the four years, assuming we get to that threshold, where you have four different starting quarterbacks in three of those four years in the off year, you had three. I mean, you again. Like I know you guys went through hell last year with you know with Dax injury to Dalton to Danucci and back to Dalton and Garrett Gilbert. I I get all that, but you know, there's quarterback stability, and then there's whatever Washington has been dealing with for the last four years, and really for the last 25 plus years, if we're being honest.
0: Uh, I want to continue this quarterback discussion in Washington because I find it fascinating. Uh, But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning just feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long term losing proposition because you never know who or what you are up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup, winner takes all. And here's the crazy part Stat Hero will show you their lineups before you play, and you get to handpick the team. You want to face one on one. This never before seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than what they're used to. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You get to decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take, take on the action because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head, is what daily fantasy sports is supposed to be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code on for a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash on. Use promo code on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash on. Promo code on. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's continue this discussion about the quarterback situation of Washington, because I do think if you just look at that roster outside of quarterbacks, they're not all that different from a lot of the teams in the NFC, a lot of contenders, right? But what's the plan for Washington going forward? Do you think it is to continue to kind of lean on Taylor Heineke in 2022? you see them going in the free agent route or dipping into the draft? What's the long-term play here?
1: I see the veteran quarterback trade market being the number one avenue that they're going to try and address this quarterback situation. Now, they tried very hard to go after Matthew Stafford last year. That was the one quarterback they made a strong, strong push for. He obviously chose the Rams. Uh, There was a connection, of course, between Martin Mayhew, uh, the now general manager, and Stafford, who he drafted uh, in Detroit. This year, I I mean, I truly believe with potentially Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever Deshaun Watson is, Matt Ryan potentially – um, you know, and, and and maybe there's somebody else that I'm uh, just forgetting about off the top of my head. You know, there's four or five guys, Marcus, that I think Ron Rivera and his staff are going to have interest in. Now, I don't know how they're going to deal with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't touch that until it's legally cleared up, number one, and number two, adjudicated by the NFL, because I don't want to trade three first round picks or whatever the tag is, and then have my guys suspended for eight, nine, 10, 12 games, whatever it might be. That being said, I think Aaron Rodgers will be at the top of the list. I don't think he'll come here, but I think Aaron Rodgers will be at the top of the list. One thing to keep in mind, you know, he's a Cal guy. Ron Rivera is a Cal guy. And as crazy as this sounds, right, wait, wait for this one. You know, Mike Silver, the former NFL Network guy, he now works for the team. He works for the Washington football team. He's got a very close relationship with Aaron Rodgers. i talked to him about this. He's been very open about it. He's a Cal guy. So I wonder if there's some backdoor politics that maybe greased the skids a little bit there. Um, And, oh, by the way, the Cal connection, Ron Rivera and, like, Garrett Gilbert's dad played a Cal, whatever the whole deal is. Just, Just something to keep in mind. Um, but I think they'll go there. I think they'll probably wind up with an, a Matt Ryan type. Some I don't know if Russell Wilson wants to play for a defensive first head coach. I think he's kind of made that clear that he's a little aggravated uh, with Pete Carroll about that. But that's where I think they go before they even think about drafting a quarterback. Uh, and maybe Mitch Trubisky is a guy that Ron has always kind of kept his eye on. So maybe you see him enter the equation as kind of a – a, a, a veteran free agent type signee i think the
0: matt ryan one makes a lot of sense right because yeah. it probably doesn't cost a lot to
1: go get him mm-hmm. right and i think he would be an upgrade over what yeah.
0: washington's had for
1: the last there's few no years, doubt no right? doubt how much you have to pay for him is you know largely the only question uh now there is some uh familiarity real quickly that i'll just add on on, on that front um Kyle Smith, who's basically Terry Fontenot's assistant GM, was here in Washington with a long, long time, but then in Ron's first year. Now, they had some friction, uh, and ultimately that led to Kyle Smith not getting promoted and therefore leaving the organization. But I think there's enough of a working relationship there where, you know, maybe it's not highway robbery, maybe it's, you know, uh, a first round pick and a, and a you know, and, and, a, and a good player, you know, something like that that can help Atlanta out and solve both teams needs. Now,
0: not to look ahead to the draft too much, but as we sit here right now, Washington would have the number 10 pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, if they would happen to lose to the Cowboys on Sunday night, they are underdogs in that game in Dallas. Uh, it's possible that they're, they could jump up to like inside of the top, you know, eight, maybe even inside of the top seven, is there any quarterback? I know we're again. I know we're like five months away, but is there any quarterback in this class that gets you at least a little bit excited?
1: Um, I can't say at number seven, eight, nine, wherever they ultimately wind up, that I would be lathered up for Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or, um, you know, or whoever. Yeah. Sam Howell, whoever's going to come out here, uh, you know, the the, ki- the kid from Nevada, Carson Strong. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, you know, my radio partner loves that kid, but he's got all sorts of health concerns. I haven't seen enough of them to tell you. Go right to the down. Senior Bowl. So we'll, maybe we'll get a look at him there. So that'll all be right, fun. Th- there you go. I mean, so, you know, and, and obviously, I mean, yeah, some of these guys are going to, you know, their their stock is going to jump all over the place with the Senior Bowl, the Combine, you know, just the whole market. And who knows, again, if they address this, if they address the, the quarterback number one position, in the veteran trade market obviously they won't be there but if they wait until the draft i don't see anybody really being a true top 10 type guy i think you'd be reaching but what i could see what i could see is them then trading back ironically and trying to not only get in a better position for one of these quarterbacks and i i me, Marcus, I maybe I'm overrating him. I, I kind of like Kenny Pickett more than the others. I do think I, he's more consistent. I. I think he's mobile. I think he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but I think he's, you know, fairly accurate. I think he's. Uh, he's a leader. I think he's tough. I think he's got guts and character, uh, you know, all that stuff. Maybe I'm overrating him, but it sounds like you kind of agree. But I just I, don't know if he's, you know, eight or nine. Is he eight or nine or is he 15 to 17, you know? I, I just, I think
0: like if we're looking back, like, or, you know, looking ahead three years from now and I there's one quarterback in this class that we say, oh yeah, that guy's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. It's probably Kenny Pickett, right? Yeah. Like elevated his team at Pitt, pretty accurate. It uh, seems like he's a gamer, played really yeah. well in a bunch of big games. It's like kind of checks every box that you want him to check, right? Now, he's not the most flashy quarterback. He, he doesn't is. have the absolute best
1: tools in the world. But, like, I don't know. I think you can win with that guy, right? So here's here's my question to you because, you you, you know, you're very dialed into this stuff, uh, you know, and and I know you, you have been. If you're Washington and you get to the position where you don't have Presumably, quarterback number one definitively solved by the time we get to late. let say they go into the season with Taylor, or they go to the draft with Taylor Heineke and Kyle. Right. right, Heineke Allen, whoever. whoever maybe, yep. maybe Trubisky's there. Who, who knows? They struck out on the big name yep. veteran trade targets. Okay. Can you risk, say you land at at number 10 in the draft, can you risk then trading down because you don't feel the value is there at 9, 10, wherever for the quarterback, say picket, can you risk trading down thinking, I'm going to get the quarterback at 15, 16, 17. What if he's not there? And again, you haven't addressed the need already at that. Then what do you start doing? So, you know, you start playing this game of, well, you know, maybe he'll be there. Maybe I, you know, then you get yourself pinned into a corner and and maybe you make a mistake, or maybe you don't wind up with the guy that you ultimately want. How many, how many times are we going to see a guy like Mac Jones drop all the way to 15, even though he's not naturally blessed with, you know, just all sorts of God-given ability, it's rare to have that kind of prospect drop all the way to 15. I'll just say this. If you wouldn't take
0: a quarterback at 10, dropping down to 16 isn't going to really make that big of a difference, right? Like if you don't love him at 10, you're not going to love him at 16 either, right? So I think think by the time we get to the draft, there'll be a couple guys that we talk ourselves into as being – you know, problem. a really good quarterback. And again, maybe not somebody who has the potential of a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen or something like that, but maybe somebody that's more of a, on the line of, hey, this guy could be Kirk Cousins. This guy could be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And listen, for Washington, I think they'd love to have somebody like Kirk Cousins back right now because if you can get I, – I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is more than an average
1: quarterback, but if you can get average quarterback play, this is a playoff team, right? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing real quickly about Taylor Heineke. I, I mean, he's got some moments and, and I don't know if you would agree with this, Marcus, based on what you've seen. I, I compare him and I often say this about him. He's a high wire act, right? Yeah. His, his yeah. good is really good and his best is really cool, right? I mean, he's a little Doug Flutie. He's a little... Um, you know, modern age quarterback, he can, he can move, he can extend plays, he can pull a magic a rabbit out of the top hat. He can do all sorts of, you know, his arm strength is never going to be great. Uh, I think it's the combination for me, lack of anticipation, being late along yep, with not exactly. having superior or even great arm strength that often catches up with him, especially if we're talking about towards the sidelines, outside the hashes, that type of thing. But when he's really good, Taylor Heineke, can look the part, and you can win games with him. You kind of mentioned that earlier, Tampa, Carolina, perfect examples. The problem is it's not right now, and I don't foresee a big jump in this area. It's not like you're going to get 10 great games out of Taylor Heineke a year. I don't see that. I don't think they see that. I don't think anybody except for, I don't know, maybe five Washington football Heineke Hive-type fans really see that. I mean, do you know what's funny? I really think Taylor Heidekey is just like early career Ryan Fitzpatrick,
0: right? Like you're gonna you're gonna get some really good performances, and it, it, but if the anticipation is late, if he holds the ball a little too long and doesn't mm-hmm. get the arm strength there, he, he can be a little bit of a problem as well. So I I, I think I agree with you. Um, let's take one more break, and when we we'll come back, and we'll talk about this actual game yeah. that's gonna happen here on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Want to tell you guys about On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit OnLocationExp.com slash SB56. For more information or search Super Bowl on location, that is on slash SB56. Also, want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as fo- football continues its march through college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spor- spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, who do you have winning and why?
1: Well, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'm not going to uh, beat around. It's a short week for Washington. Um, you know, as we sit here and as we record this, Marcus, we, we, we don't know, but Ron Rivera just told me and other reporters before I hopped on with you uh, to record this, That it's possible one of the quarterbacks could get cleared here. He didn't name which one Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning because of the COVID. So I would expect they're going to have either and possibly both Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen back. But I, I don't think it, honestly, I'd be fooling myself, our audience, what have you, your audience, if I thought, oh, Washington has a really, really good chance to win. Now, can they win? Sure. If Dak... And Dallas turns the ball over three, four times. But even you saw on Tuesday night, Philadelphia had two quick turnovers. Now they stabilize that. Washington got 10 points out of it, but then that was really it. That was all they were able to kind of muster, you know, for the most part outside of one other touchdown uh, and scoring drive. So. Um, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't see them having enough firepower unless Dallas again turns the ball over four plus times, something in that regard or something fluky, an act of the football gods, you know, for whatever reason, Dallas doesn't show up uh, for, you know, they, they had too much Christmas dinner, whatever the case might be, especially and I'll just I'll just wrap this up real quickly. Like I wasn't a, oh, wow, this Dallas defense was so good. Um, under Dan Quinn before they got the reinforcements back since re-adding Tank Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, Randy Gregory. Oh, and then sprinkling, of course, what you already had, what was getting better in in, in Micah Parsons and Diggs and, and, and so on. And so now it's like, oh, wow, this this is a really good Dallas defense. And that might be the scarier component of this team. And they're actually getting even more guys back this week. Donovan
0: Wilson, their safety, who's been really their best safety all year. I think he's going to be back for this game. they are going to get a couple more defensive tackles back. It, I just think this is a game the Cowboys defense should win. again, right. Kind of like they did last time, right? It's just they have such a big advantage on the offense and defensive line here. And even if they turn the ball over like they did in the previous matchup, Washington is going to have to win this turnover battle by probably two or probably mm-hmm. three in order to win. It's possible. Uh, Chris, as you know, division games are weird. Like weird things happen <laughs> in these games. Even when the talent is so drastic, I would think. Um, but the Cowboys haven't played at home since Thanksgiving. It's been a long time. They've been three straight road games. I, got, I get the sense that the Cowboys are going to treat this game like a playoff game. They're going into it like – hey, if we win this game, we win the division, and there's a chance that the division could already be wrapped up before they play this game. So that's the way Mike McCarthy's treating it. So I expect the Cowboys to play one of their better games of the season, and they should win. But like I said, we've seen weird things happen in divisional
1: games before, right? I had a real quick question, if you don't mind, uh, before we run out of time, for you. Uh, just from my perspective, you know, talking to some people, and I, I know some people, you know, that know the Dallas situation pretty closely. I'll just leave it at that. Um, You know, they're still trying to figure out, okay, what exactly do we need to do to get this offense? I know Jerry and Mm -hmm. and I think Stephen Jones were critical of the receivers not doing some things. You know, Dak's been a little inconsistent. Uh, The offensive line obviously has had some issues. We know Zeke and obviously not having Tony Pollard for a little bit, but now he's back. Is there something you would put a finger on as somebody who watches every snap, every tape, you know, all that? Is there something you would put a finger on that says, aha, this is it more than the other issues? I mean, it's a lot of the same
0: issues like the Kansas City Chiefs were having earlier in the season. Like a, a lot of teams are playing some deep cover shell against the Cowboys and basically daring them to throw the ball underneath over and over again. And the Cowboys are doing it, but it's just they're they're not hitting on big plays. And when you're having to have put together 10, 12, 14 play drives, a lot can go wrong, yeah. right? Like you can have a holding call or you can have a drop pl- pass like we saw last week. CeeDee Lamb had three drops. Or, you know, you could, you know, just not make that first guy miss and all of a sudden a eight-yard gain turns into a two-yard game. So I think it's just a lot of execution. I think the big plays are coming. They just haven't hit over the last couple of weeks. And they've also played some pretty decent defenses. Mm-hmm. Like Washington's defense is good. It then they 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 make you work for everything. So I think I think the offense will eventually get back on track. It's just, it's going to take some time and they're just
1: not there yet. So the best way to say it, I guess, um, would be there's a a bunch of little things, but not one there, dominant problem or yeah, dominant
0: issue. I don't think it's the league has figured out Dak Prescott or they figured mm-hmm. out Kellen Kel Moore or anything like that. They're just not executing. They're way too many drops. They've had some guys missing on the offensive line. The receivers haven't all played together in a long time. I think they're closer to putting up 35 points in the game than what anybody, anybody thinks. They
1: just haven't thought it yet, Chris. That's all there is really to it. Uh, and and real quickly here, uh, also, I, I'm fascinated by this Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. Right, mm-hmm. he's been mentioned, uh, but more Dan Quinn. Is there some sort of sense that this might be a one and done type thing with Dan Quinn here? That you know maybe with uh, you know head coaching opportunities and and, and whatnot, and, and obviously his experience that it might only be one year in Dallas, or is there not much buzz about that? Uh, I think early on in the season, there was a lot of buzz
0: for Kellamore Moore leaving, right? Because young offensive minds always get scooped up pretty quickly, right? I I, I get the sense that he's going to be a little bit more patient about the job he picks. I don't think he's just going to jump at the first opportunity. But Dan Quinn, I could see leaving after this year because he's a, an established good coach. Like the, the end in Atlanta didn't work out particularly well, but he took that team to the to Super right. Bowl. They right. should have beat New England in the super bowl. And I think because he gets, you know, the players absolutely love playing for him. He's revamped this Cowboys defense. I think there's going to be a lot of teams out there that, you know, maybe that need a culture change. They're going to want to bring in Dan Quinn, like the Las Vegas Raiders. Like he would be a perfect fit, Mm -hmm. go there, rebuild that team. It would make a ton of sense. If in Denver, if they get rid of Vic Fangio, I think he's the kind of young players coach that, you know, that would thrive there. So I do get the sense that Dan Campbell's more likely to leave than Kellen Moore.
1: And one other quick question, if we if we have time, just sure. you know, from a Cowboys perspective, I mean, obviously, I know here in Washington now, maybe the the fur is not going to be the way it was leading up to the game two weeks ago. You know, it's Dallas week. We want Dallas. You know, the rivalry thing. Yeah. Does anybody in Dallas really care about the Washington football team slash Redskins, or is it just kind of like, whatever? It's the same as the Eagles, the same as the Giants. Yeah, I, I've always
0: got the sense from Cowboy fans that they feel and this is the way the Cowboys think of this is that everybody else in the, the NFC is their little brother, right? If yeah, there's right. one team that is more of a rival than them, that anybody it would probably be the Giants. Right. But I, I just don't see the same animosity for the Cowboys in this kind of rivalry that, that maybe Washington has, or maybe other teams have, you know, like the Steelers, Ravens. I don't get right. that same sense of of rivalry right now that we've had maybe in the last decade or two, you know,
1: it does, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I've asked you about this before, but I just, I, I it, it's always fascinating to see, you know, what different markets, different teams. And, you know, when you're the Cowboys and you've got the star on your helmet and, you know, the star on the field, like everybody wants to give you their best shot. So, right. like, little old Dan Snyder and the Burgundy and Golders, whatever we're going to call them, are, are just kind of like annoying gnats. Uh, yeah, it, I think for the Cowboys,
0: they have more like conference rivals and division right. rivals, right. like Green Bay, right? Like right. that's the team right. that's prevented them from going to the Super yeah. Bowl multiple Good seasons. Call. And I mean, I we've been saying this all year long on the Locked On Cowboys podcast, but doesn't everything seem like it's just lining up yes. for a divisional round game in Lambeau between the Cowboys and Packers and Rogers and Mike McCarthy? It just seems like that's where we're heading, right? That that, that
1: would be that would be cool. I mean, I, I I know this Fox would be very 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 oh happy yeah Fox would or Fox NBC would love or whoever that, got right? that game. They'd, they'd
0: love nothing more than exactly. the, 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 the <laughs> exactly. rodgers McCarthy angle all week long. How many times would they show? The Des Bryant catch, no catch. I mean, it would be, it would be so much, no fun. doubt, but, no doubt. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for for popping on here with us, and uh, really looking forward to to Sunday night. We hope you enjoy the holiday weekend, and I can't wait to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mark. is always a pleasure. Great to see you, talk with you, uh, and, and get your uh, insight on a bunch of different things. Happy holidays to you and thank you, uh, thank your you. family, and obviously everybody in Cowboy Nation. You guys do a great job, so always, uh, always thank happy you. to be with you. Thank you so much. You can follow him on Twitter
0: at RussellMania621. Check him out on the On Dynasty or excuse me, the Locked On Washington football podcast. Certainly uh, not a dynasty around here, I can tell well, you. <laughs> uh hopefully soon. I I want the I want the NFC to East to be better because that makes these games a lot more oh, sure. fun when we I get know. when these these feel like playoff ones. But That's uh cool. check him out again, Locked On Washington football team. Uh check out his his co-host David Harrison on Twitter as well. Uh for us, uh, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can follow us at Lockdown Cowboys. Uh, we'll see you on Friday for a preview show. Until next time, guys, thanks again.